0: So throughout Advent, up through Christmas, we, we've been reflecting on how despite fear and trepidation, despite hardship and war and suffering, joy arrives. Jesus arrives. New life begins. That joy is something we both participate in. We are invited to make room for, and it's something that if we think about our own lives, it oftentimes comes to us unexpectedly, right? Surprises us when and where it arrives. And so we can neither control joy, make it come into our lives at that party that we've planned, when and where we want it to. We can't control it. And yet it's not something that we wait for passively to happen to us we are invited to participate in it by making room. And in some ways, it's this very act of, of making room, of giving ourselves to everyday practices of connection and wonder, which we explored again during Advent, that, such that as we do these things, we create a container, a space in which joy can emerge, is more likely to, to come to us, surprise us. That is, we we give ourselves to everyday practices that return us to our humanity, rather than in our overwhelming world so often keep us running from it. And this is once again where the Christmas story, even this morning, is instructive and invitational for us. Now oftentimes we imagine God, when we imagine God, we use words like mighty, right? Omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, right? We use these grand words. We imagine a sort of superhero God that is far above and beyond what it means to be human. And yet, when we center the incarnation of God through Mary in Bethlehem of Judea, in occupied Palestine at the edge of the Roman Empire, wrapped in fragile newborn flesh, as our Christmas story does. We find a God who chooses utter vulnerability, who chooses humility, not power and grandeur in the ways that we in our world imagine it. We find a God who is not all-sufficient or self-sustaining. This God relied on, on Mary, on her body. She had to labor through blood and pain and deep uncertainty. God relied on a father, Joseph, who companioned her, who encouraged her, held her, supported her on that journey. The creator of the cosmos at Christmas, we insist, cried out to be held. Cried to be fed. I wonder if he struggled to latch if Mary struggled as her hormones raged, as is so real for so many of us. It's not kind of crazy to imagine. Right. There are things that I want to invite us to consider this morning from our story in this spirit, in this spirit of seeing God in these kinds of ways. And as we move into this new year, at this point where All of us, many of us, are feeling that pressure to, you know, make a list of of resolutions. How we're going to be a better person in this new year. We're not going to do that. We're going to do why. And so on. Things that studies show within a few weeks, most of us give up on. So three things from this morning's scripture. Scripture. The first is that Scott Erickson, an artist who goes by Scott the Painter on social media, so if you're on social media and you want to follow him, Scott the Painter, he writes, if you live long enough, your life will begin and end with someone wiping your butt. Hey, it just is how it is, right? This is the caption under one of his his provocative but compelling pieces of a baby whose bum is in the air getting wiped, in the, 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 the cloth wiping the bum says, uh, Mighty, and across his eyes, God, right? It's, it's not a crude image, it's just reality. From vulnerability to vulnerability, he adds, we live. Which is to say, weakness will be a companion on our journeys throughout life. It's not something to be avoided, but it's, it's integral to our humanity. We can't be human apart from it. And he goes on to reflect about what it means to call this newborn God mighty. And wonders if perhaps Jesus is, not, is mighty, not because of his capacity to overcome hardship, to, you know, become a, a better you in that next year, but simply because of his willingness to go through human hardship like we all do. Just simply by being human and honoring that and so maybe rather than running from the vulnerability that is at the center of what it means to be human to give ourselves to love we are called to embrace it all to embrace it all the way down from beginning to end just as jesus does knowing that in the words of our christmas proclamation god is quite literally with us in the muck and mess, and glory of it all. That's the first thing. The second thing that I would invite you to reflect on with me this morning is is how the creator of the universe, the creator of the cosmos, needed others to be born, to be raised into a full, open-hearted, divinely compassionate human adult. See, Jesus was not born any more fully formed than you or me or the next person. This is the meaning of what, it, of what it means to say that Jesus was fully human. And that as he grew, he needed hands to hold him. When he toddled along, learning how to walk. Yeah, God had to learn how to walk. Did you ever think about that? God needed someone to comfort him when he was sad to... To kiss his boo-boos when he was hurt. To help him understand those who were different from him. In order for Jesus to become the adult that he became, he needed others who modeled for him this way of being. Just as any of us do. He, like every child, needed People like the Magi, like the shepherds, like Simeon and the prophet Anna in this morning's story. People who could say, you are a blessing. I see you. God has a unique calling on your life who who go up to him and hold him and honor that divine image within him. Without all of these other folks who do that, it's pretty hard to Talk about Jesus' humanity or his divinity. God is always looking for us, each of us, all of us, to bring forth love, to make it incarnate, to raise love in human form. And so I would ask you, how are you being invited this morning, called to offer yourself like those in Scripture, to bearing God's love into the world, to raising little ones into divinely compassionate human beings? And with that, how might you need to open yourself more fully like God in Jesus to embracing your human vulnerability and and to let others hold you, to care for you, to feed you, to comfort you, To raise you up, that you might taste and know that love for yourself and be be renewed. Where do you need to receive a blessing or an affirmation, the gift of another's full, undivided presence? Because here's the thing for Jesus and for us, we cannot model for others what we have not let ourselves receive. We cannot model for others what we have not let ourselves receive. Which brings me to my last thing this morning. I told you, Phil, this was a mini-reflection. He asked me if it was going to be 20 20 minutes instead of 25 minutes. (laughs) I am capable, once in a while, of being not too long-winded. In this morning's scripture, the unexpected blessings happen as part of Mary and Joseph participating in a ritual that binds them to their ancestors, right, to their people, to God. And now I know rituals have gotten a bad rap over the years. We sort of identify them with this sort of lifeless, stuffy, rote thing that we just have to do because it's what we've always done and there's no meaning for us in it. But, but in essence, a ritual is simply a container for helping us encounter something beyond ourselves. It's just a container, It's not about getting caught up in all the precise details and focusing so much on that that we miss the point of what we're doing. But it could be as simple as lighting a candle. It could be as simple as sitting in the dark or singing with others. It could be as simple as the various prayer stations that we had located throughout the sanctuary during Advent. Or simply coming here, week after week, to worship. Now, I admit that not every Sunday is going to be profound and meaningful. Certainly not every sermon, I know that. But by committing ourselves to being present regularly, we open ourselves to the possibility that any Sunday could be. It could be the week that someone becomes your Simeon, Or your Anna offering you that blessing, that affirmation that you didn't even know that you needed exactly when you needed it. And so as we move into the new year, what what if instead of making all of these resolutions about, you know, a new, better me, trying to run away from our humanity, the parts of ourselves that we hate, that we want to distance ourselves from the mirror, What if instead we just simply make a a commitment to the ritual of showing up in different places, but but also here, and gathering together regularly and see what happens, see what emerges when we simply give ourselves to that act. See if there are not Simeons and Annas among us, See if you do not at some point receive that blessing, that affirmation that you've been needing as you journey through life's many seasons. See if this container that we create together, only by holding it together, see if it does not return you more fully to yourself, doesn't connect you more fully to your humanity, to that of others, and thus to God, simply by showing up week after week, and being present. Friends, that is our invitation, the call of Christmas, to honor, to love our humanity and that of one another, that we might bless it. May it be so. For your flourishing, for the flourishing of all the world. Amen.